Brothers and sisters, welcome to the LDS Fishers of Men podcast. I am your host, Alan. Had a pretty good week. Uh, did a lot of sacrament to the homebound last Sunday. We have our regular uh, visits. And we also got to go to like the big uh, old folks home. We have We have like a smaller one in our ward and then we have like a big one. And we got to go do sacrament, like the whole sacrament meeting. Uh, with the larger one before church started. Um, really cool, really good meeting. There is something about th- those old folks. There is something about them. They have they have some serious spirit in those meetings, and the the people that that attend and the people that prepare uh, talks and that are the the leadership there. They they just drop spirit bombs all the time. It's it's really cool to be able to be a part of that, and I seriously feel privileged that my sons um, are able to partake in that as well and to serve. I even brought my uh, youngest son, who he's not old enough to pass, but he 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 hates being left out. He doesn't, he doesn't like being left home while the rest of us dudes go do stuff. He wants to be a part of it. And at the last minute I said, you know what? Um, why don't you just come with us? Just just come and have a seat and you can, you can just be there. And he, he just wants to be a part of it. So he did. He showed up and he, he was with us the whole time. And after uh, we did the sacrament uh, meeting... We went and walked around and did a couple of rooms for those who weren't able to, uh, you know, maybe for health reasons or, or, you know, whatever the case may be, they weren't able to attend the actual meeting. So we went to their rooms and brought them sacrament. So my youngest son got to be the doorman. He got to knock on the door and then open the door while we went in and took care of the sacrament. Huge blessing. Huge blessing. I, I've, I've really enjoyed that. I, uh... I get to do it for a couple hours every Sunday now, and it it really is, um, I think that we benefit the most from that exchange, and I'm grateful to my Father in Heaven for kind of opening that up for me. Um, I hope that you guys had a chance, um, well, I guess before I get into that, we have had a lot of growth in the channel both on YouTube and on all of our other platforms that we that I put this podcast out to as well. So if you are new to the channel, welcome. Um, we are here to try to um, raise our voice to get those who may be on the fence about the gospel, who have maybe even gone away a little bit, who have kind of let their, their fire die down, to, to come on back. Um, we believe that time is short, and that there is a lot of false doctrine, there's a lot of uh, false ideas, there's a lot of false prophets, false priests that are out there preaching against the, the foundation of the gospel. Uh, which is uh, prophets, apostles, teachers, priests, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Um, So for those of you that are new, welcome. 
and uh, we're, we're grateful to have you with us wherever you are from. So, I hope that everybody had a chance, that you guys had a chance to listen to the Midweek Spiritual uh, Boost. It was Elder Joseph B. Worthlin, an old school football player back from back in the day, also an apostle of Jesus Christ, who has passed on and has gone on to his eternal glory and reward, and who I'm sure is very busy on the other side. I wanted to talk about a lot of things today, um, and fasting is, is really one of those things that plays heavily into what we're talking about today, so I figured let's, let's go ahead and do a midweek spiritual boost on just fasting. Um, today I really wanted to go into spiritual preparation. Now, I've done a podcast on physical preparation, um, my opinion is the same as it was then, that time is running out for that physical preparation, and if that is the case, then that would stand to reason that we would really, probably more even in the grand scheme of things, in the eternal perspective, we need to make sure that we are spiritually prepared and that time would be running out for said spiritual preparation. I had a conversation with my uh, brother, so this is a shout out to you, Carl. I had a conversation with my brother um, where we were talking about, you know, he's preparing a talk for, for stake conference. Uh, he serves in the bishopric. And he, um, he's in, going to incorporate, you know, the idea of lifting weights into his talk. Because that's, like I say, if you've lifted, listened to the channel for a long time, or if you're new, that's kind of my worldview was athletics growing up. And so I, I, you know, I choose to use a lot of analogies from that world. Um, you, can, you can always substitute those for for choir, for band, or whatever the case may be, right? It takes a lot of guts to get up there and sing in front of people, and it takes a lot of preparation, right? It's just a different kind. But they are analogous, so feel free to substitute whatever you would like. But for me, in my worldview, I always substitute lifting weights, you know what I mean, running, kind of the, the physical... The, the, the physical representation of a lot of this stuff. But we were talking about that, and he was going to incorporate that idea into his talk, and, and we got talking about it, about how, you know, there was a famous uh, power lifter from back in the day, and he would always say, you know, it's, it's all about one pound. I can do one pound more a week, right? And I thought it was really cool, because he was tying that into... President Nelson, or excuse me, President Hinckley, from back in the day, talking about how, you know, you can do a little bit extra. Okay, maybe you, maybe you're having a hard time doing your ministering. Uh, or back then it was home teaching, but maybe you can visit one family this week, right? 
Maybe you can do this, whatever the case may be that you're struggling with. Maybe you can do that one thing this week. Don't worry about eating the whole elephant in one bite. Maybe just take and do this one thing. And it, it was really, it kind of struck something with me. And I thought, boy, is that, that is a correct principle, isn't it? I think a lot of times when we look at our spiritual preparation, we look at, and we, unfortunately, it is a common thing for us to do, is to compare ourselves to the brethren, to compare ourselves to maybe uh, a patriarch in our ward, or these spiritual giants that we have, a state president, right? We look at these people, a seminary teacher, and we think, man, it's not even worth trying. I can't match that. I'm not up to that, you know? And we are really, we're really missing the, the, the point of the gospel when we do that. Because just as any good, any good uh, wrestling coach, any good powerlifting coach, you know, it's it really, when it comes down to it, it's you against you. That's how you need to view everything. It's you against you. Are you better than you were last week, a year ago, a month ago, whatever the case may be? Are you growing? Right? I um, I fasted last Sunday. Won't tell you what for or anything like that. That's personal. Don't be nosy. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I was sitting there. We were doing sacrament to one of the homebound folks. And my son, you know, he heard my stomach growl. And he's like, are you fasting? And I said, yes. He goes, oh, what for? And I said, none of your business. <laughs> That's personal. <laughs> but I was fasting. And when I got home, you know, from from uh, doing some service and stuff to the homebound, I was like, you know, I, I, I'm going to listen to a talk about fasting. So I, I listened to a couple talks. And Joseph B. Worthlin, Elder Worthlin's talk was one of them. Um, there was another one I listened to as well, but something that stuck out to me was the preparation that went into the fasting, right? Because I think that a lot of times we get kind of lackadaisical with how we fast, and we, not that we're trying to do that on purpose, it just, it happens, right? In the military, we had a term called PMCS, right? Preventative Maintenance and Care Service. And it's one of those things where if you're not doing that PMCS on XYZ, whatever the case is, we'll use fasting, for example, now, you'll start to slip. So you've got to go back, you've got to look at the manual, and you've got to, you've got to do some PMCS on yourself, right? So I decided that I was going to do some PMCS on my fasting, right? So I, I, I took and I did a little inventory of how I was doing that day with my fasting. And I think that I was definitely lacking in a few things. I was a little more lackadaisical than I would have cared to admit. 
And as I listen to these brethren speak about the law of the fast, about observing it, about the blessings that come from being uh, like exactly obedient to it, you know what I mean? And what what in, it entails to observe the law of the fast, I, I realized that Alan needed to do some some preventive maintenance and care on that. And so I'm going to gear up here for the next Fast Sunday. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to, instead of just waking up that day and, and, you know, hurrying up and saying a prayer because you forgot to say one to start your fast, you know, on, on I end up, I end up saying it as we're about ready to head out the door to go to church. I'm, oh crap, I have to hurry and say, uh, I have to hurry and say a prayer to start my fast, right? So I'm not just going hungry and, and the, the preparation could be better. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, I feel like fasting is something that we will need to have a a good handle on. I feel like fasting is something that we will need to have a good a good grip on, a good understanding of as we go forward. More so than in the past. I think it's always been important take a drink here. I think it's always been important. I think that it will, like President Nelson has said, it will play a huge part in his quote as to saying that in order for us to spiritually survive, we have to be able to receive personal revelation. I have a lot of things uh, going on right now that to where I, I really need personal revelation. There's a lot of, you know, life decisions and stuff like that that we're all, you know, we have in front of us. There's, you know, regular stuff, you know, stuff that you, you, you look at your future. Where, what do I, where do I want to be? You know, how do I want to prepare for the future the best? You know, how can I financially prepare the best for the future just you know all that fun adult stuff that that you wish you didn't have to worry about and you could just go and play play a game of football every friday night and hang out with your buddies right not have any responsibilities but you know me and my wife have been talking a lot about that kind of stuff and uh and and i i realized you know that we definitely needed some guidance and some help from from the other side we needed some, not even from the other side, but from on high, right? I needed some guidance from my Heavenly Father. And so we're both kind of setting out to to get that guidance. And, and I was surprised at how weak those muscles are. Now, I can receive, like, I get promptings, sometimes really strong promptings, on what to prepare for my podcasts, uh, you know, every week, and I will go ahead and I will do that, you know, but this, um, this was adding some weight onto the spiritual bench bar, right? We've all got a spiritual bench bar, and what I'm talking about here is the bench press, right? How you lay, you lay flat down on a, uh, 
on a lifting bench, one that can support a whole bunch of weight to be safe. And you get your bar and you unrack it, and it's now completely on you to do to perform the lift, right? And I was surprised at when I metaphorically lifted that bar off of the um, off the rack at how heavy that was. It was it was heavier than it should have been because as I began to attempt to search for for answers and to ask my questions to my Father in Heaven, I, I, I realized that I needed to put more effort into, into my side of being able to receive that personal revelation. Very interesting, and it was something that was unexpected to me, you know. The Lord seems to be teaching me, teaching me these, these lessons for a reason. But as I uh, prayed that night, you know, I, I asked my questions and I, you know, said amen. And then I started to get into bed and I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. I've asked my questions, but then I've abruptly ended the conversation with my Father in heaven. And I remembered something that I had learned on my mission that I have not practiced very well since. Uh, and by that I mean, if at all. So I did something, an exercise that I had been um, instructed to do on my mission uh, from my mission president where they said, you know what, when you're seeking for that revelation, especially if you're seeking for an answer, say your prayers and then get a pencil and paper and stay there and listen. And write down any thoughts or promptings that come your way as they have to do with, with your questions that you've asked. And you'll be surprised at how much guidance and how much personal revelation you can receive from doing that. And I thought, I need to do that. So I did. I sat there. I had a little dim light on, so I didn't keep my wife awake, but I sat there on my bedside, and I just, whenever I get a thought or prompting, I jot it down. And it was really cool. It was really, really cool. But I was surprised at how, how much effort it took to lift that metaphorical spiritual bar. And I thought, man, I have got some work to do. <laughs> but I bring that up because, you know, we've got a, there's a lot of craziness going on in the world right now. There's a lot of things going on, and like President Nelson says, in order for us to survive... Spiritually, we need to have that ability to receive personal revelation. And I had to, to think about how to receive personal revelation for a minute. Like, it, it was one of those things where I, I, I wasn't um, practiced. I hadn't been lifting that muscle. So it was, a, it was a little bit hard and it was a little sore when I began using that muscle again. 
And just like how we learn when, uh, you know, Joseph Smith, how he would translate the plates, and then when, when um, I believe it was Oliver Cowdery, I believe it was Oliver Cowdery who, who wanted to um, translate as well. But he wasn't able to, and like it was interesting to read the story because I think that I would have been like Oliver, to be honest. I would have been like, okay, so I just, I just got to be worthy, and then the translation will appear in my mind, and then I just write it down. Cool, easy enough, right? That was not the case. As, as he, you know, he kind of got rebuked a little bit. And he was told that, look, you can't just think that I'm going to give it to you. You got to work for it. You got to study it out in your mind. You've got to analyze this, right? You got to look at that word and then approach me and say, is this correct? Right? And that quote from President Nelson, uh, where he says that the Lord loves effort, right? That comes to mind, doesn't it? And I, I bring all this up because, like me and my wife, we're, we're looking at some, you know, some, some big stuff. We're, we're, you know, we have kids who are medically needy. We have, you know, we got some, some, some big grown-up stuff that we're looking at here, you know, that we're trying to figure out. And we desperately need the guidance of our Heavenly Father. And through these decisions that we have to make in life, I don't want them to be on me. I don't want to, to be the one making the call without having decisions sanctioned by my Father in Heaven. And as we go into these crazier and crazier times... I desperately want the help of my Father in Heaven in making choices, right? There's a quote here I'm going to read from President Nelson from the April 2022 conference. He's talking about spiritual momentum, right? If you haven't read that talk or listened to it, check it out. It's pretty good, and it ties directly into what we're talking about right now. But he starts off by saying, Momentum is a powerful concept. We all have experienced it in one form or another. Uh, lost my place. Okay. For example, in a vehicle that picks up speed or with a disagreement that suddenly turns into an argument. So I ask, what can ignite spiritual momentum? We have seen examples of both positive and negative momentum. We know followers of Jesus Christ who became converted and grew in their faith. But also, but we also know of once committed believers who fell away. Let's pause. We've seen that, haven't we? We're seeing that. Once committed believers who are falling away. Okay, going on. Momentum can swing either way. 
We have never needed positive spiritual momentum more than we do now to counteract the speed with which evil and the darker signs of the times are intensifying. Positive spiritual momentum will keep us moving forward amid the fear and uncertainty created by pandemics, tsunamis, volcanic eruptions, and armed hostilities. Spiritual momentum can help us withstand the relentless wicked attacks of the adversary and thwart his efforts to erode our personal spiritual foundation. Many actions can ignite positive spiritual momentum. Obedience, love, humility, service, and gratitude are but a few. Now, the thing that I have learned recently, you know, maybe the last few years of my life, is that quotes and talks, if you don't have ears to hear, you can gloss over them and not get anything out of them, really. They'll make you feel good. They'll make you feel the spirit. But it, it wouldn't go any further than that, right? Taking this little chunk here, taking this little bite-sized chunk and looking at it, we can see a couple things. One of the things that really stands out to me is the fact that he mentions that the fact that the speed with which the evil and the darker signs of the times are intensifying, okay? He's telling you, hey, this stuff is intensifying. That means it's happening right now. It's, it's the present tense, right? It's intensifying. Positive... Spiritual momentum will keep us moving forward amid the fear and uncertainty created by pandemics, tsunamis, volcanoes, erupt, okay? Talking about stuff that's, that's happening right now. And then he goes on to say, spiritual momentum can help us withstand the relentless wicked attacks of the adversary, okay? This isn't something that's just happening once and then stopping. From what I'm reading here, it seems like uh, this is going to keep going. Like it's intensifying right now, by the way, that he, it's not stopping, right? That's the whole point of his talk, is to say, we need to keep the positive spiritual momentum going, right? You could say... You, you 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 can bring this into our our spiritual lifting analogy and say you need to keep those spiritual muscles strong you need to keep working out those spiritual muscles and keep that momentum of those spiritual workouts going right because there's a wrestling match coming up and if you're not strong enough you're going to lose Okay, we have to prepare as if there is a a spiritual wrestling match. There, there's a spiritual tournament, right? Every every uh, weekend for the next, you know, so many years or whatever. 
Okay, you've got to you've got to prepare. You've got to memorize your lines, right? Because there's there's a bunch of plays coming up. There's a bunch of you know stage stuff coming up. There's a choir coming up. There's a a dance recital, a piano recital. P- enter in whatever you're into here. Okay. Stuff is happening right now, and it will continue to happen. And if we are not strong enough, we will not spiritually survive. That's not Alan saying that. That's President Nelson saying that. I'm really... It made me a little nervous with how weak that those spiritual muscles were. And as I spoke with my brother about that analogy, you know, I just thought, you know what, that I've got to put that into my podcast. Like it just it it's perfect. It goes perfect with what we're talking about. And I think observing the law of the fast has a huge impact on that spiritual momentum that President Nelson is talking about has a huge impact on our spiritual muscles and their development. There are going to come, you know, times in the future where, yeah, you're working out with your dumbbells, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're doing kind of that, that, uh, the type of lifting that keeps you safe from injury, but you don't really progress much. You're not pushing it, right? You're just you're doing it just to kind of keep yourself, you know, somewhat in shape type thing. But there's there's times coming that will require a heavy one rep max lift. It's going to require everything that you got, right? Where you lift it one time and you either are strong enough or you are not. Okay. And if you're not preparing for those things, then we're not going to be able to withstand those days ahead. I, like I'm sure you guys do, I always wonder if I'm going to be up to the task. Right? I, I always think to myself, you know, how, how crazy is it going to get? Like, is it going to be like a, like how it was for the Nephites where it's, hey, deny Christ or we, we're putting you under the knife right now, you know? I always have thoughts like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm the only weirdo that does that, but you always wonder how you, when you get to that that moment, right? Because there, there's always going to be fair weather patriots. There's always going to be fair weather uh, members of the church who, when times are good, are the the loudest, you know, and and proudest uh, amongst us. But when things get hard, when times get tough, when uh, the brethren come out with unpopular decisions, right? They they are typically the first ones to flee. And I always put myself into the into those kind of scenarios where I think, am, am I strong enough? 
would I be strong enough to, like Abinadi, say, Yeah, you're going to have to kill me. Oh, by the way, whatever you do to me, you can expect that to happen to you. It'll be a type and a shadow. So go ahead, get on with it. Right? Or like Paul, to uh, accept the fact that you're going to be beheaded. Right? John the Baptist, uh, Joseph Smith, he knew that he was he was going as a lamb to the slaughter. You know, you, you always hope that you've got the fortitude and that you've got the guts and that you've got the spiritual strength to endure the day. And I think that many of us, even if we have those thoughts and we run through those scenarios, we're not doing much preparation to prepare. Now, I'm using extreme examples. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Okay. Keep tracking with me here. I'm saying anything in between, you know, going to church on Sunday on a day that you don't feel like it to those extreme examples. It could be anything in between. Whatever the case may be. Are we spiritually preparing ourselves for those times? Are we, are we expecting those, those tough times? Because they're there. They're in our future. There's some potholes in our future. Right? There's going to be times when weight is going to be added to that, to that bar. And we're either going to be strong enough to lift that and perform that exercise, perform that lift, or we're not. There's going to be times that require us to lift it ten times. There's going to be times that require us to do just a one heavy rep max. That takes everything that you got, right? As I observed the law of the fast... And as I looked back on how I can improve, I definitely saw that I needed to I needed some work. I needed to do some work on my fasting and how I, I prepare. And in doing so, in doing that stuff, we don't have to be perfect at it, right? That's not what I'm saying. What we have to do is do the PMCS. What we have to do is add Add that one pound per week, right? That's what enables you to be worthy to receive the revelation. That's what enables you to be worthy to call yourself a true disciple of Jesus Christ. It's not being perfect. It's not having 100% of your ministering visits. Okay, there are some people that that might be the, that might be the line for, right? But there's a lot of, of people that, whatever the case may be, you struggle with that. I'm one of those, right? But we can all do one thing that week. We can say, you know what? I can do this to improve. I can add that one pound that week to improve. Um... I'm going to definitely be improving my observance of the law of the fast. And when we do stuff like that, it has a tendency to bleed over into other aspects of, of our lives. 
There is a, uh, I really like Ephesians chapter 4. The whole book of Ephesians is really good. And uh, by the way, a lot of people don't know this, but this they, they are pretty dang certain that, that Paul was in prison when he wrote the, uh, the epistle to the Ephesians. But in the language that he uses here, starting off, like there, there's just there's some important stuff for us to to remember about who we are as as disciples of Jesus Christ. And if you have gotten off the path, you know, let let's remind ourselves. Let's let's get back on the path. Let's if we've let go of the iron rod, let's get back to that iron rod. And let's prepare ourselves. Let's get the wonderful thing about lifting weights, brothers and sisters, is that you can always start up again. Even if you're starting over from square one, you can always start up again. And you can start working out and you will benefit. There is never a time where you will not benefit from exercising and, and working out, spiritually or otherwise. He goes on to say here in Ephesians chapter 4, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascendeth up on high, he led captive, captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Okay. I'm going to skip ahead to verse 11. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, let me, let me pause here. A lot of people, when they read this, verse 11, they think that they're saying, and he gave some people, some congregations of apostles, and he gave some congregations prophets, right? That's not how this is to be read, okay? And it's kind of confusing. But if you click on some footnotes here, it'll give you a little bit of clarification. And he gave, footnote A, if you click on that, it says authority, Okay? So you can read this as, and he gave authority to some, right? Calling them to be apostles. And he gave authority to some, calling them to be prophets. And he gave some authority to be evangelists, okay? Does that clear it up a little bit? That kind of changes the meaning of the verse when we look at it that way, right? talking about about authority he he gave them authority to be apostles he gave them authority to be prophets and some evangelists he gave some authority to be pastors and teachers okay 
Now why did he give them that authority to do these things? Verse 12, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and stature and of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Okay. I love those scriptures. I love those verses of scripture. It really paints the picture as to why things are set up the way they are. You see, there's a couple gimmies here. There's a couple things that we that we um, have implied here in these verses. One of those is that if if the saints need perfecting, it means they're not perfect, right? If they need edifying, if the body of Christ, the the church of Christ, right? If it needs edifying, it's not perfect. Okay. Those of us who are in in this, we're not perfect. Okay? That's why we need to spiritually lift our weights, right? And that's what it's saying here. He's given us some he's given us some some really good resources, some tools to help us in that journey. He gave he gave some people authority to be prophets. He gave some people authority to be apostles. He gave that authority. These people did not take it upon themselves. Okay? No man taketh this honor unto himself except he that was called of God, as was Aaron. Okay? The Lord, Jehovah, Jesus Christ, He gave that authority to the apostles. He gave that authority to the prophets. And because of those things, going down to the evangelists, to the pastors and teachers, right? Going down to those people who did not get a degree from a seminary, did not get a degree from a university, a theological uh, place of learning that, you know, a piece of paper that says that they can be an apostle, that they can be a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, evangelist, right? This was given by priesthood authority, by the laying on of hands. And he gave that authority to those folks for the perfecting of the saints. Because we need help. Okay? For whatever reason, Christ has chosen to do things, to set up his foundation on a foundation of prophets and apostles, with himself being the chief cornerstone. We need help. We can't do it ourselves. Okay? There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, as we read here. Okay? There is one body of Christ. 
Christ himself set up the church a certain way. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Okay? We need Christ. And the way that Christ has chosen to help us, the way that Christ has chosen to set up his spiritual uh, hospital, his spiritual gym, right? Is by having some personal trainers in there that are apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay? They can show us these workout plans. Look at what I was just reading from President Nelson. He gives us a warning. Hey, look out for this. Elder uh, Joseph B. Worthland says, Hey, let's, let's perform the the lift, the spiritual lift of the law of the fast, this way. Right? Let's follow, let's follow these guidelines on when we do it. Let's, let's keep these things in mind as we, as we attempt to perform these lifts, right? Let's get our, let's get our technique right. Let's, let's try as hard as we can to, to do this the right way, the correct way, so we can get the most benefit out of those spiritual lifts. And it blows my mind that we have people, our own people, that are that are in the gym, that are attempting to do these lifts, and they say, I don't need your help. Get, get out of here. You know, you ever see that really prideful guy in the gym who has a hard time? You know, he, he's sitting there clearly doing something even dangerous. He has no clue what he's doing. And when you go, uh, hey, hey, can I, can I just give you a pointer here, you know? Maybe have someone spot you doing this if you're going to do that much or whatever. And they're like, yeah, I don't want to listen to you, right? We have people like that, and it blows my mind. The scriptures are laid before us, brothers and sisters. This stuff is here. If you have eyes to see, if you have ears to hear, we won't allow... This stuff, anybody can gloss over. Anybody can gloss over this stuff, right? First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Okay, uh, verse 4. Or, excuse me, chapter 14, verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. We really... You know, Satan is very cunning. And he has been able to throw all sorts of weird doctrine into the wind, and it has tossed a lot of our brothers and sisters to and fro, and some of them are no longer a part of it. Some, some have chosen to go their own way, to forsake all of this that I've just read, to forsake the authority given to the apostles, the prophets, okay, to give to give heed to the foundation 
of prophets and apostles, with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And they argue that in order to get to Christ, they don't have to take part in any of, of this stuff, right? None of this stuff matters. You don't, all you need is a desire to listen to Christ and that you will follow Christ as taught in the scriptures and then they will proceed to ignore this stuff right in the scriptures and it's it's sad to me that we have people who and this is not me up on my ramiumptum don't don't get don't mistake me here because this is we live in confusing times we live in hard confusing times Knowledge has never been as available as it is right now. We have access to so much knowledge. So much so that I think we get a little bit prideful when we think that we might have scientific reasoning behind us, which, you know, I think when we get to see the other on the other side, when we get to see how science works and how what was true and what wasn't true and how much we got lied to on some things... Right, I think we'll we'll choke on how much science, quote unquote, science was used as as doctrine to toss us to and fro. But regardless of that, we will take these things and we will then put them above the apostles and prophets. We will we will take and we won't do the things that they are telling us to do, right? That that Christ is telling us to do, that the apostles are telling us to do. We'll take these things and they won't listen to them. And then they'll start to lead other people astray, right? Unknowingly becoming pawns of the other side. You know, in my conversation with my brother, we were talking about it. I said, you know, it's funny because my attitude is, look, if there's ever a conflict that I have in an, in an opinion with one of the brethren, typically I will say, you know what? These are 90-some-odd-year-old dudes. they got a whole lot of experience. They've got a whole lot of study, an entire lifetime of study of doctrine and stuff under their belts. These are educated men as well. You know what? I think I'm going to take his opinion over mine. <laughs> I just, I'm I, that. That's my approach. It's like, look, I will doubt myself before I doubt these guys, and that's not prophet worship. That's not apostle worship, right? I think that's just if I go to, if I go to a. Uh, a scientist to a, uh, not a scientist, a, a, a chemist, and he tells me not to mix these two concoctions together, I'm probably going to trust him. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to lean on your expertise on this one and trust that, that if I mix these two things together, it's going to end badly for me. So I'm going to trust you on that one, right? That's kind of my approach with with the brethren, is it's like, look, if there's an opinion they have that's different than my opinion, 
I'm going to look towards theirs and I'm going to doubt mine. You know, there's a lot of people who have the complete opposite approach, which is fine, but it's a slippery slope, a very slippery slope. As we get closer, as we continually have these darker signs of the times increase in speed, increase in intensity, right? As President Nelson says, we have to be at a certain spiritual fitness level. And we can't be lackadaisical about that. We have to be able to receive inspiration and revelation. Understanding that God is not a God of confusion. And that we are supposed to be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. According to 1 Corinthians, right? Understanding that the prophet and the apostles want you to pray about the stuff that they are, are telling you. The advice. They are watchmen on the hill. They're saying, pray about it. Okay? Don't just blindly follow. Of course, pray about it. And receive, receive revelation that what we are telling you is of God. Okay? That's confidence that you can't buy. They're so confident in the revelation that they're saying, guys, pray about it. Because if you are in tune, you will receive an answer that says, yes, I gave that revelation to them. Follow them, right? There's no shame in that. Nephi had to do that with his father. Said, hey, Dad wants me to leave Jerusalem. Kind of like it here. Got a lot of stuff going on here. So he goes and he prays. Nephi was in tune. It was not possible for Nephi to receive a different answer because he was in tune. He also put his wants aside. He said, I want to stay here in Jerusalem, but I'm going to put that aside. Lord, what, what would thou have us do? Is, is Dad correct? Yes, he is. Okay, I guess we're going. We've forgotten, a lot, and we have stepped over a lot of this simple stuff. That's why, that's why we're talking about it. Because we have lost, and we are losing, and we will lose people to this stuff. The wisdom of the world will seem to be more wise than what we are receiving from 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 our uh, our brethren at general conference, right? Or what whatever they're put messages they're putting into the the ensign or whatever messages little video clips that they put out on on churchjesuschrist.org. The time to be a fair weather Mormon, a cultural Mormon is done. 
and the time to make the decision to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, joining that body of Christ, understanding what it takes to perfect the saints, understanding what it takes to edify the body of Christ, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, having that authority given to the apostles, given to the prophets. Okay? I sincerely believe, brothers and sisters, that as we see these dark signs of the times, that we are also, even if we can't see them, that the good, the light, the wholesome, is rising to meet the same level as the bad. Even when you can't see it, I'm, I'm convinced that that is the case, and it has been the opinion, and has been said, so I would say it's, it's doctrine, by many apostles and prophets uh, spanning back to the, you know, to, to Joseph Smith. That as, that as those waters rise, they rise, you know, both of those boats rise at the same time and at the same level. And I hope that we are preparing ourselves. I hope that we are lifting those spiritual weights. That we are getting ready for those crazy times ahead. And that we are observing the law of the fast. That we are praying with real intent, having faith in Christ. Fully expecting that the truth will be manifested unto us by the power of the Holy Ghost, and that by the power of the Holy Ghost we can know the truth of all things, right? As we live in such a way that we can not only hope for, but we can expect miracles in our lives, regardless of how bleak things look, We can live in such a way that we can still have joy. And that as, as we experience this sifting that is happening right now, because it, it's happening, we're experiencing it. We are, being, we are being sifted as wheat and tares right now. And we're seeing some who are falling to the, to the ground. Some the wind is blowing and they are as chaff and they will not make it. But for those of us that are left, I hope that we are doing our part to raise our voice to tell those who might be on the edge of that sifting basket to say, get back to the center. I hope we are doing that as I hope that and I like to think that I did in the pre-existence. 
Brothers and sisters, I will leave you with my testimony that I know the church is true. I know that I am not a perfect man. Somebody uh, somebody was upset that I used the word crap, and, and for that, if that word offends you, I am sorry. I am not a perfect man. <laughs> I was in the military. I used to, you know, there were times when Alan has used much harsher language than that, when I have let that uh, slip. So I try to keep things as, as G-rated as I can in my life. I am not a perfect man. I am in need of that edification. I am in need of, of perfecting. I am in need of more work in the ministry, right? So that I can be of a better use to the body of Christ. But as Ephraim Hanks says, you know, I have more flaws than I can count. But I try. And that trying is what makes you worthy. That trying is what makes you able to be used as a tool in the hand of the Lord. I know that Joseph Smith was a true prophet, that he did translate the Book of Mormon by the gift and power of God, that he of himself was nothing more than a man, but that he was called and chosen like the ancients before him to be a prophet and an apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ, a special witness of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I would invite you, my brothers and sisters, to strengthen yourselves, to observe the law of the fast and use that as a tool to perfect yourselves to edify yourselves, and to seek personal revelation more fully and better, as I am going to do for myself. I love you guys. I don't care where you are in the world. Russia, Ukraine, China, whatever. I, I get some people listening from India, from over in Europe, from even the, had a couple Middle Eastern uh, things pop up over you know across the last little bit I've been doing it. I love you guys, and cannot wait for the day when we will all kneel together as brethren, as sisters, and as all of our mouths and our tongues confess that Jesus is the Christ. And as we look upon our Messiah, our Lord and our Savior, our Master, and we no longer have to worry about these dark times that are upon us, I look forward to that day. I look forward to hearing from you. I appreciate you. I appreciate the fact that you take the time to listen to the brethren when I post those midweek spiritual boosts.
Seek those out first before you listen to me. And I say these things in the name of my Lord and my Savior, your Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.